And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sporting Chance Podcast with your host, Matt Marateo, talking about Philly sports, more sports, beer, life in general, and whatever the heck else seems to come to mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, hey, how you guys doing today? It is I, Matt Maritaya, and I am back with the Sporting Chance Podcast. Now, uh, if you've heard this podcast before, you may remember uh, me talking about sports, uh, maybe talking a little beer. Uh, basically, I'm going to be back doing the same thing, talking about beer, sports, life, uh, pretty much anything that I sort of feel like doing. I know I've been away for a while, uh, transferred over to Rider University. Uh, been involved with the radio station there, sports director, been trying to sort of make my bones in that whole radio world. I've uh, been working in the craft beer industry for over a year and a half now over at Zed's Beer, which I will probably talk a lot about. Uh, learning more and more as the days go on and been writing a lot of sports for wildfiresports.com, uh, covering uh, the Flyers, uh, UFC, boxing, and now additionally the Philadelphia Wings. Also doing a couple spot things here and there for uh, Philly Sports Digest, doing some high school hockey. Uh, other than that, I've been very busy, but not busy enough that I should have been ignoring this podcast. Uh, but I tried to make it a little more professional, re-recorded my intro, tried to make it a little bit lighter. Um, added the whiny guitar because that's just who I am. I can't, you know, I love a nice whiny guitar, but I'm trying to do things right, trying to do things professionally and a little more consistently. I uh, started my two social media accounts, uh, the Instagram and the Twitter. Both are the Sport Chance Pod, uh, so follow those if you have a chance. Uh, same name across platforms. Uh, which is a fun thing to say. I've been listening to a ton of podcasts. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to be more entertaining, uh, you know, work on my levels, all that type of stuff. Uh, so I would like to say that I've learned a lot, uh, but hopefully uh, I'm going to keep learning and keep bringing you uh, some pretty good podcasts. I uh, just want to let you know, guys know that today's beer uh, right off the bat is going to be Yards, a Cape of Good Hope Double IPA. Uh, just poured it into my glass here. Got a nice head going. A great golden color. It is a little bit hazier than you would typically imagine a West Coast IPA being. But just that fact uh, in and of itself, not too shabby on the uh, first couple of sips, but I'm going to keep uh, drinking that as I go through the podcast to make sure that I can give you all a uh, an accurate review and uh, let you know what I think of everything. But while I do that, the reason I am drinking this evening uh, is because Harper Lent is finally over. And that is right. Yes, Bryce Harper has signed with the Phillies 13 years, 330 million glorious dollars for that glorious head of hair that is now officially joining the Philadelphia Phillies. And you know, obviously, Bryce Harper has a ton of talent. He can hit the ball a mile and a half. Uh, he plays a pretty good outfield as well, athletic. He's got to work on his average a little bit, but everybody knows what Bryce Harper brings to the table, and that is he is a great baseball player. And 
according to Vegas odds right now, he makes the Phillies the five to four favorites to win the NL East and eight to one odds to win the whole World Series. So their odds have moved dramatically since this afternoon with the official announcement of the signing of Bryce Harper. And I, for one, could not be more excited. This is actually the first time in the history of Major League Baseball that a team has added three All-Stars in one offseason. Not the Yankees, not the Red Sox. The Phillies, the first team to add three All-Stars in one offseason. And sort of why I picked this Yards Cape of Good Hope is because of this good hope that I have for the Phillies season now with JT Realmuto behind the plate, an all-star catcher that we added in free agency. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, a former all-star who's now going to be patrolling left field. And Gene Segura, an all-star at shortstop who was going to replace all of those games that Scott Kingery played or J.P. Crawford played. So we still got Mike Franco at third base. He's going to get a lot more protection in the lineup. Odubel Herrera is going to be moved down the lineup. He's going to have more protection. And he says that he's a sort of turning a quarter in his baseball career, at least in terms of becoming a more concentrated player, a more focused player uh, at all times. So we're going to see uh, how this shakes out, and it's really going to be on Gabe Kapler this year. He has all the tools. Aaron Nola's coming off a fantastic year, and we're, you know, it's going to come down to can Gabe Kapler get out of his own way, if you will. We have a fantastic lineup that doesn't need the sort of managing that Gabe Kapler became known for last year with the little moves, uh, in-game, out-of-game, you know, shifts, that type of thing. I mean, I like Gabe. I like the guy, you know, all for coconut oil and bacon to that lately. But, you know, you just have to sort of stay out of your own way. And this is a lineup uh, to do that with. So hopefully Gabe Kapler learns from last year and the Phillies are set up to win the NL East. Uh, that is the good news. Now we're going to transition over to the Eagles. Uh, I do not have good hope about the team without Nick Foles, who is officially going to be leaving in free agency. The Eagles have granted him his free agency, decided not to place the franchise tag on him. And I just want to be, you know, thank you, Nick. Uh, I raise a glass to you. Take a sip. That is a good beer. I like that. It's got a nice bite to it. It's a little bit of hoppiness. Uh, West Coast style ABV, 9.3%. So uh, we'll see if this starts getting hairier the longer and longer that I go. But whew, that is a, that is a nice beer. So anyway, Nick Foles' grandest free agency. Eagles seem to be targeting a running back in the draft. That's all well and good. I'm not here to talk football right now. It is still technically February. Uh, well, actually, I guess at the recording of this, it is March 1st. So woohoo! Awesome, March 1st. All for it. Love March. Pumped to be in March. Anyway, so big, big events happening this weekend. Uh, we got UFC uh, 235, uh, and I want to talk about that just a little bit. We have a super slate of good fights coming up, <laughs> and uh, I want to sort of give this a quick breakdown uh and see, you know, what we can come up with in terms of a set of picks for the UFC this weekend. Obviously, John Jones in the main event is going to be facing off against Anthony Smith. 
that should be a fantastic fight. Both guys can flat out punch. Tyron Woodley's taking on Kamara Usman, Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren facing off, Tisha Torres versus Wheelie Zhang, Cody Garbrandt's back in the ring against Pedro Munoz. So, if we're going to start there, uh, actually, I'm going to go just a little bit further back into the prelims because we have some absolute burners uh, there as well. Uh, in welterweight, we got Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez. Diego is an absolute fierce competitor. That dude is an absolute warrior. Mickey better focus and have his you know wits about him because Diego is always going to be a handful. But I think Mickey Gall takes that fight. Uh, Cody Stammen versus Alejandro Perez in the, I believe this is the, yes, the Bantamweight division. Uh, Stammen, uh, Spartan Stammen is coming off of a bit of a, he's coming off of a loss right now, and he's at the reach disadvantage. I like Alejandro in this one. He is on the rise. He's kind of a hot young prospect, uh, but Cody is definitely going to be a tough test for him. Misha Kurokov versus Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker made an absolute statement, winning his fight in like 10 seconds uh, the other night. So he basically gets to go in the next pay-per-view uh, because he was absolutely untouched. Uh, he is rising as fast as anybody in the light heavyweight division, and I think he's going to be able to handle the Latvian Misha Kurokov just based on the fact that Johnny Walker obliterates people. I mean, he turns them basically into blithering idiots. Now, if we're talking about the ESPN undercard main matchup, we got Lil Heathen Jeremy Stevens versus Zabit Magomed Shapirov. Or Zabit, as I'm just going to refer to him as. Now, Zabit is a 6'1 featherweight. So he's 6'1, 145 pounds. Only has a 73-inch reach, which seems weird. But he's got those 42-inch legs. And he is long, he's lean, he's weird. He's a nightmare size-wise for a matchup for anybody. And we've seen Jeremy Stevens have to deal with some interesting strikers and wrestlers and not do too, too well against them. I mean, he was rising up through the ranks, was able to, got KO'd quick uh, by Jose Aldo, but he KO'd uh, Emmett quick. Uh, beat Duho Choi by KO, uh, decision Melendez, but then he took a decision loss to Renato Moicano, uh, obviously decision loss to Frankie Edgar. Zabit is going to bring some type of, I don't even know how to describe it, but he brings a completely different element to the ring. He looks like Abraham Lincoln, which is ridiculous, uh, but he's a kind of a grappler, kind of a striker. You almost really can't judge him by any of his fights. He hasn't fought anybody particularly of note yet. Uh, he's got the submission win, decision win, submission, and submission. So he's likely to be good on the ground, but he can stand and bang, as he showed with Kyle Bochniak, who was more than willing to sort of draw him into one of those crazy battles. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Brandon Davis tried to step up against short notice to him, got submitted in the second round. Jeremy Stevens has to be pumped for this fight. 
it's I, I like Jeremy Stevens, but it's hard to pick against the beat. I'm going to do it anyway because I think Jeremy is going to be able to figure him out enough to maybe take a decision because it's just... Zabit is still a little too young, a little too raw. Now, getting into the main card, which you're going to have to order on pay-per-view. Okay, we got Cody Garbrandt, No Love, versus the young Punisher, Pedro Munoz. Uh, Cody, obviously, back-to-back losses against TJ Dillashaw, both knockout losses. That has to be something that eats at Garbrandt. You know that he is going to come out looking for a KO. Munoz is not a guy who goes out looking for the knockout. He is a guy that has been winning, though. It is showtime uh, for Munoz. He's coming off against a win over Ryan Carraway, uh, Johns. He lost to John Dodson, though. He got decisioned by him. He was able to knock out Carraway, though, which is a big feather in his cap and still a relatively young career. Still, Garbrandt is a a punisher. He's a warrior. I see him sort of taking this one. He's going to slow himself up and come away with the decision victory, just by my counts. Tisha Torres versus Weili Zhang. I think Tisha is a fantastic fighter. I think she's still got it. Uh, And this is kind of her time to strike at straw weight. I think Weili Zhang, she's an up-and-comer. It's going to be a, a girl who's around for a little bit longer. It's going to be a good fight, but I think Tisha takes this one by decision. Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. This one's a nightmare for Robbie because Ben is a wrestler and a wrestler and a wrestler. He has that sort of folk wrestling style, and that's all that he does. He's just going to come in, take you down, and try to submit you with an arm triangle, maybe beat you up a little bit. That's what Ben Askren does. Robbie Lawler is a veteran of the sport. Uh, He's one of the best welterweights to have jumped into the game, and he's going to try to be entertaining. We'll see if Askren even... Starts to play his game, but I think it's going to be an Askren decision uh, that wins this one. I'm sorry, Robbie. But if Robbie is able to hold off that takedown, oh, it is all all Robbie. Because he there's no way Askren can strike with him. It's just an absolute no. I think Robbie may be... I don't know if he's going to be strong enough to sort of hold off that sort of weird folk wrestling style. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Robbie Lawler get back in the title picture. I think he sort of deserves a rematch against Tyron Woodley, who was going to be fighting right after him against Kamaro Usman. And we got Usman, who is huge. He's a Nigerian nightmare. That is his nickname. Uh, he's six foot tall, 170 pounds. He looks like he's like a 220. He's got a 76-inch reach, so he's going to have a two-inch reach advantage over Tyron, who's actually got longer legs, if you believe that, despite only being 5'9". But... Tyron Woodley is the most explosive dude probably to fight a welterweight ever. I mean, you've seen it with how he finished uh, the British guy. I'm blanking on his name. Come on, who's that British guy? I'm trying to ask my producer, who isn't really there. But the producer is just sort of me later. Um, Obviously, this podcast is sort of just me by myself. Um, But... You know, obviously Tyron Woodley knocked out Robbie Lawler with basically one punch. Um, You saw what he did to Damian Maya. Um, You saw what he's done. Uh, Darren Till is the guy that I was thinking of. Darren Till, he absolutely destroyed uh, 
And, you know, nobody really wants to fight Tyron. It's plainly obvious to see why. He nearly caved in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's face twice. And he didn't sort of play Thompson's game. So I think Tyron is going to be able to take this one. I think it's going to be a striking battle because neither of them is going to really try to take the other one down. As for the main event, light heavyweight title fight, Lionheart Anthony Smith, huge underdog. He's got an eight and a half inch reach disadvantage against John Jones. I think John Jones wins this one. I think he stops him probably uh, on the ground with strikes. Uh, Anthony Smith, he's got a Lionheart. He's a heck of a fighter. He's just not going to be good enough uh, to beat John Jones. It is what it is. Uh, you know, all credit to Anthony Smith for even getting this far uh, with the tools that he has. Going to make it entertaining, but John Jones is going to stifle him. And I almost feel too confident saying that. Like, okay, now that I've said all that, something is going to happen. So I really hope that I am right. And I think it's going to turn out the way that I expect. I'm confident in that. Now, excuse me, another sip. Still pretty good. It's got a nice bite to it. It's not so much piney, but it's sort of got that West Coast style. And when I have a West Coast IPA, it almost sort of has a, I want to say like a Northwest type of vibe to it. Like, hmm, this is, you know, some type of Northern California forest. Maybe I'm out in Oregon, that type of thing. That's sort of the smell. That's what it reminisces, what it takes me to. Anyway, moving on, we're talking uh, flyer hockey. The Flyers, obviously, the biggest news uh, is that they traded Wayne Simmons for Ryan Hartman and a fourth-round pick that's going to become a third-round pick if the Nashville Predators win a playoff series, which I would assume they will. Now, I want to just go back a little bit further to the stadium series. I was in attendance. It was absolutely the highlight uh, of my life as a sports fan. It was raining. It was cold. It was almost kind of miserable. I was four rows from the top of Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, I had a hot chocolate that was never uh, warmer than lukewarm. Uh, you know, I ate wet crab fries and a crappy cheesesteak from the 200 level snacks. It was fantastic. Uh, just the game, the environment itself. I even tolerated Keith Urban. Keith Urban was all right. The other band, though, the Glorious Sons, I liked them. They rocked out. They looked like they were having a good time, or they were completely bombed out in drugs and had no idea that they wandered into a stadium. Gritty streaking, coming down on the field, uh, Lady Gaga style, fantastic. The game was great. Uh, the venue itself, you could see the entire ice from where I was. You could tell everything that was going to happen. Uh, the Flyers played a great game, able to come back from that 3-1 deficit despite sort of being uh, scoring those two goals in the third period and then that icer from Claude Giroux in overtime. That highlight of my sporting life, I can't say it enough. Now, they just lost uh, tonight to the Columbus Blue Jackets, moving them up into the wild card spot. So right now, the Flyers rest six points back of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, it's a decent spot to be in. Uh, I don't know if Carolina is going to be able to keep up 
playing the way that they have. They're a bunch of jerks over there. If you've been following sort of Don Cherry calling them out for their celebrations, for everything that's going on over there. But I really, really like the way the Flyers are playing right now. I like Cam Talbot as backup, even though we haven't seen him yet. I think we're, we're going to see him uh, tonight, if you will, against the... Uh, they're playing, uh, yeah, the Jersey Devils. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to come off with that. I mean, we're seeing a great season from Jake Voracek. Couturier's having a great season. Travis Sanheim's coming into his own. He's easily been the best defenseman on the team so far. We got Sam Moran up. He's going to be playing soon, hopefully. Uh, Radko Gudis is having a heck of a year. Uh, TK, Nolan, Oscar Lindblom, the kids are all right so far. Uh, Michael Roffle has been producing lately. He's sort of coming back to life after a long layoff from injury. Scott Lawton, career high in points. Um, they're still figuring out that fourth line, but eventually that's going to come to fruition, I believe. Uh, we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, I like Ryan Hartman, the guy they got for Wayne Simmons. He has provided a lot of energy, a lot of jump. Uh, he's been in a scoring slump as of late, but he's a guy who can score 20 goals in the right situation. We'll see if the Flyers find a way to put him in the right situation. Carter Hart currently out with an injury, maybe overused a little bit. Maybe they're just giving the kids some time to rest, mentally you know, prepare for the playoff run because they leaned on him very hard. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, all I know is I've been to two Flyers games this year so far, and they won them both. Uh, so I'm pumped. I'm going to try to get to more. Uh, but really sort of the team of the moment right now is the Philadelphia 76ers. They just defeated OKC, ended a 19-game losing streak against the Thunder. And the Sixers, uh, you know, Boban right now, Marinovic is out. Joel Embiid probably going to come back from injury within a day or two. Uh you know, Tobias Harris is playing fantastically. He dropped another, it was at least a 30-point day, I believe. Uh, just looking it up right now, Tobias Harris, he had 32 points. Ben had a triple-double. Uh, J.J. Redick, 12 points. Jimmy Butler, 20 points. Heck, Amir Johnson's back and contributing. Uh, T.J. McConnell's out here making steals, getting rebounds, six assists. Uh, Michael Scott, the third or no, sorry, Michael Scott, the regional manager, James Ennis III out there contributing, uh, Jonah Bolin uh, doing well in the absence of Joel Embiid sort of playing that type of center role with Joel and Boban out. Uh, right now, it is anybody's East still. Uh, well, I mean, not really anybody's East uh, looking at the standings, but... When it comes to uh, where the Sixers are going to end up, it is going to be near the top of the East itself. Right now, uh, as things sit, they're seven and a half games out of first place. They're only a half game behind Indianapolis for that third position, which would put them into a playoff series with the Brooklyn Nets if it can shake out that way, which would be an easy series for them to win. I know they've had some struggles with the Nets earlier this year, but you got to imagine that come playoff time, that would be completely off the ground. Uh, so 
looking forward to the rest of the Sixers year. Elton Brand has been incredibly aggressive uh, trading for Tobias Harris and Boban and Michael Scott III, getting Jonathan Simmons in here, uh, and James Ennis, uh, getting Fultz out of here, getting that sort of maybe first from Orlando. I mean, who even knows what that pick is going to turn out to because the NBA draft is uh, a joke almost at this point with the way that they move these picks around. It's just one of those situations where there's a lot of aggression going on right now in Philadelphia. Uh, Chuck Fletcher wasn't all that aggressive at the deadline, but he's made some minor moves. He's gotten a lot of guys sort of out of the way to let the the people on the Flyers play. Uh, Matt Klintak and the team over with the Phillies and John Middleton have done their very best and getting Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, unloading Carlos Santana, getting Reese Hoskins over to first base, getting JT Realmuto. And Howie Roseman always is aggressive. Uh, you know, Eagles haven't made any major moves as of yet other than this whole Fultz thing. But we're going to see how this all ends up shaking out. I'm very excited at the prospect of what the rest of 2019 holds for Philadelphia teams. I think we're going to see. I've never been more excited to watch spring training baseball in my life. I can tell you that right now. And Sixer basketball is as good as it's been in a long, long time. Uh, So uh, I'm going to finish this beer or not quite finish it, but I'm going to drink a little bit more. Wow, that is good. I let it warm up and the flavor gets a little bit more mellow. I think that's a good word. And there's a little bit of melon in there too. And right before I say this, I'm going to say the Islanders' uh, behavior, their fans... Absolutely atrocious. Uh, somebody threw a jersey at John Tavares. They're you know, in the parking lot running over his jersey, uh, you know, lighting it on fire. It's completely bogus. It's just one of those situations where, I mean, the guy went to play for his hometown team. I mean, you can't fault him for that. The Islanders were bad. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> how good they've been. Uh, and I'm watching the highlights right now. Uh, they faced a tough Maple Leaf team with Garrett Sparks and Net, and they ended up winning six to one. Uh, it's got to be a weird reception for Tavares going in there and getting all that negativity and losing like that. That and Jason Witten coming back. Oh, it's a very interesting sports day when you really break it down. Jason Witten comes out of retirement after being god-awful in the ESPN booth. John Tavares gets so much hate going back to New England. Uh, Robert Kraft, not even going to touch on that situation. Don't want to go anywhere near that. <laughs> Barstool's banned from everything NFL-wise. I mean, oof. what a February that we've had so far. And what a, like, last half of February, too. But anyway, getting back to our beer of the week, Yards, Cape of Good Hope. Uh, I really like this beer. Uh, For a 9.3% double IPA, this one is not 
It's got some sharpness to it, but it's not overly bitter. It's not off-putting in any way. When it warms up, you sort of get some more mellow, almost melony type of flavor that comes to it. Uh, and when I say melon, I think I actually mean a little bit like cantaloupe. I'm getting some sort of note in that direction. And yes, I know I'm trying to sound sophisticated with my palate and whatever. But okay, that's just what I taste. Uh, you know, when I'm at Zed's and I'm talking to Jeff about things, I taste some things and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You got that. Good, good. And then other things, he's like, hmm, no. <laughs> he's like, how the heck did you get that? That's not what you're supposed to taste. <laughs> I'm just going to finish this off. One more gulp. <laughs> A little bit of a wrong pipe. One last sip, and that was really good. It had a beautiful uh, gold color. It had some haziness to it, which you don't always see with a West Coast. Uh, maybe that was my pour, but this certainly is an intrepid ale. Uh, I'm going to rank this one very well. Uh, if I was doing like untapped setting, probably like 4.5, 4.75, maybe even a 5. I'm not a huge IPA guy. You're going to find that out if you stick with me or if you already know me. You're definitely going to know that. I'm not big, big on the IPAs, but that was very good. Uh, I may even have another one after I finish recording this and get into this sort of editing process. I, I may or may not edit it. Who knows at this point? Uh, I just know that that is a damn good beer. I would recommend it highly if you can find it. It comes in four packs. I actually bought it from a liquor store up near school when I got the idea that I wanted to pair a specific beer review with each one of my podcasts. So, Cape of Good Hope, very drinkable beer, very awesome. But definitely, if I was going to have it with some food, it would have, be something that had a little bit of spice to it, maybe a little bit of bite as well, like a buffalo shrimp. IPAs and seafood, I think, go fantastic together. Old Spice... Or like Old Bay, no, sorry, not Old Spice, Old Bay, and an IPA, oh, that's just, that's a killer for me, I love that, I will always, always have that. Anyway, I've reached sort of the half hour mark here, and I think I've had just about enough of listening to me, I'm sure you guys do too. Um, if you want to find my writing, go to wildfiresports.com, I'm all over the hockey section all over the UFC section and the boxing section. And if there's a stray article or two about the wings that you can find, just search for it. You'll see me there. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, that is M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-2-2. That's M-Maratea-2-2 on Twitter. That is, and Instagram is M-Maratea-77. That's M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-2-2. Seven, seven. And obviously, the accounts for this podcast, Sporting Chance Pod, is, or the Sporting Chance Podcast, the uh, is Sport Chance Pod uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Sporting Chance Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, look for it. Should be updating, uh, should be like in your phones or whatever, however you receive this podcast uh, in the morning. Like, rate, review, follow the accounts, uh, give me five stars, <laughs> leave a review, uh, or give me no stars, leave a review, any type of ranking, something 
to make sure that I somehow find my way into the iTunes algorithm because right now this is probably one of the more anonymous sports podcasts on the market. I hope you stay with me on the market. If you have any comments, any way I can make this better, please tell me. I'm all ears. I just want to do the best show that I can for you guys, not just for me. So, also, if I have an advertisement, I would like to say go to Zed's Beer. Uh, it is awesome in Marlton, just off of Route 70. There's even a sign now, which I saw for the first time. It's awesome. Uh, we have our own sign on the road that says Zed's Beer in point one mile. Uh, so yeah, if you see that sign, get ready to turn right. Uh, we have 12 beers on tap at almost all times. Uh, well, only one or two IPAs. A lot of different styles, a lot of different things to taste. Lower ABV, lower IBU. Nothing's going to burn your mouth out. You're going to be able to taste everything. Have a great conversation with me or the other bartenders or Jeff or Lori, whoever comes in. Great customer base. Everybody's friendly. Lots of great food around. Definitely the place to be in Marlton going forward, and one of the best breweries in South Jersey. If I don't, if I do say so myself, I've been to a bunch of them now, and I got to say I love Zed's uh, the most from a customer standpoint. Uh, so uh, make sure you check that out. Check me out on all the socials. Uh, check out the podcast. Uh, like, rate, review. Uh, anything to help with the algorithm, and also be on the lookout. May have a sponsorship deal in the works with Lanafi, uh, and still working on the pronunciation there, a uh, Canadian activewear company. Uh, been nice enough to send me some stuff. I'll be unveiling that pretty soon. But that's enough about me. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thanks for helping me get to it. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.